the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast, episode 29, title, Financial Planning for Your Business. I'm your host, Attorney Kelly Bagler, the queen of business law. You can interact with us on social media with Go Legal Yourself and do find us on the web at golegalyourself.com. This podcast is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business and by knowing where you are, it's easier to become successful. Get ready for a life-changing show as we empower all business owners and entrepreneurs to dare to become successful. This show is about helping you become successful entrepreneurs and we thrive on bringing you education that gives you the tools to run your business with confidence. Today's that show where we interview experts in the industry who can help you become a successful business owner. I'm joined today in studio by Shelley Marasco. She is with Wealthspring Financial Planners, LLC, and she is one of the best known financial planners out there. Welcome, Shelley. Well, hi, Kelly. Good morning. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So we're just going to jump in with all feet. All right. I'm ready. (laughs) I was just about to say with all paws. (laughs) But that works too, right? So I I must ask you, do you have a favorite attorney joke that you can share with the audience? Oh, no. (laughs) You're going to start with the worst and hardest question there is. Yes, exactly. Do do you have any any joke that you can share with us? Oh, gosh. Um, You really are putting me on the spot. And... Well, one of my favorites, while you're thinking, right? So one of my favorites is um, a horse walks into a bar and the bartender goes, hey, why the long face? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know it's silly, but I grew up with little nieces and they love these jokes. Oh, that's great. But we're not going to let you off that easy. So throughout the show, just let us know whenever. I'll throw a good one in at some point. Exactly. Sounds good. Sounds good. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I, we met probably about four or five years ago. At least. Yeah. At least, yes. And when I met you, you were actually in the corporate world. That's right. I worked for 20 years in the corporate environment. I started as an engineer, uh, so I came from a mathematic, analytical background. And yeah, worked for Fortune 500 companies, International Paper, Gillette. Uh, my last years were here in at Life Technologies and... I did all the the right things in that environment. I enjoyed the progression I had there. I just found myself probably about 12 to 15 years into it, a little stuck. Um, I was at that point facing the, the chance to have children, and I, I didn't see how my past would merge with continuing to rise up the corporate ladder. At that point, I was at a director level. And also really being committed to my family. Um, you know, most companies involves a lot of travel. And, and so, you know, work-life mixture was starting to become a real annoyance. Mm-hmm. And also along that way, for about 10 years, I was increasingly getting interested in personal finance. Um, my husband is a dentist and he wants to have nothing to do with personal <laughs> finance. <laughs> and so... 
I was already an interested person reading Money Magazine, that kind of stuff. But I found myself, you know, really plunging into learning about investing and getting ourselves on a really good track, hiring some professionals to help us. And I was a little disappointed. So my inspiration to financial planning was my disappointment with what I saw in the financial industry combined with working around really hardworking individuals in corporate America that weren't really optimizing things and they were missing out on financial tools and opportunities that could could move them forward. Um, so all of the great things that we have right now, all of the great products that were invented, they were the reason behind that was because either the company that these people worked for weren't creative enough, or they weren't listening to the person bringing those ideas to them. And hence, this is exactly what I'm hearing from you. Yours and my backgrounds are extremely similar, because I also come from the big corporate world. I worked for one of the largest international law firms in the world. I loved my time there because you really learn from the best. But it gets to a point where you're thinking, I can do this differently in a better way. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing that exactly the, the financial world. Well, before you plunge right into that, share with us, you know, sort of the, the financial world itself. I mean, what does it look like? What are the, the uh, preconceived ideas about the financial world? I mean, when it comes to engaging with individual clients like you and me, just the, you know, everyday people, middle to upper class Americans, a large part of the financial industry comes to the clients with products that need to be sold. And so the model, the traditional model is, you know, I've got this product, whether it's an annuity, whole life insurance, what have you. Now I'm going to take my product and go find people to sell it to. And hopefully I can knock on enough doors, make enough phone calls and find enough people that will buy what I, what I have to, to give to them. The model that is continuing to unfold that I participate myself in is, look, people need to have their financial interests honored first. So the client and their goals, what they're trying to do with their life, have to come first. And then we need what, to... What, what a concept, right, Shelley? Right, right. It is, it is quite a concept, but it's just not you know the way the model was originally designed. So, you know, you put the client's interests first and really work with them deeply to find out what it is they're trying to achieve. And then there might be a fit with the host of available options out there to apply to them. Um, but there's a really important case for clients' best interests first. And there's a lot of information in the media now about the fiduciary rule and really having to put people first. And now in retirement plans, the government's been working to move in the direction of putting the client first. There's still a large part of the industry that is is wired to sell, you know, and it's because the financial industry is a for-profit environment. And it's a largely very highly profitable environment. And Extremely. so profit motive of these corporations often trumps the client. I'm a huge proponent in if you're going to use a professional and you really should as a business owner there's only certain things that you could do and your time is better spent on focusing making money not learning a new trade I would say I'm a fairly smart girl I think you would too but there's no way in hell I'm going to sit there and learn taxes numbers and I just don't <laughs> get along we never have and so I'm, I'm not going to go out and learn all about the different types of you know stocks and bonds that are available out there. Again, if you're a business owner, you definitely need to use professionals. But the professionals that I really gravitate towards, and I think you get the best work and quality um, of service from them, are individuals like yourself, like myself, because we're not tied 
to you know big corporate world and we're not forced to do work for you in a certain manner which is actually going to cost you more money that's right so you and i spoke several months ago and you were telling me about you got really interested in money itself and that you and some girlfriends used to get together on a monthly basis and talk money, correct? That's right. Actually, that whole thing unfolded because my husband didn't want me to make the career change that I made, you know, four years ago. He uh, basically said, go start up a money club with some friends and get this hobby out of your system so we can just move on as a family and not go through a career change. (laughs) Well, you certainly corrected him on that, haven't you? Well, the collaboration with other women and having professionals come to our meetings to talk to us just ignited my interest more than quenched it. So yeah, he kind of lost on that proposition. Exactly. Well, I, I for one and my husband for one were so glad that you did decide to pursue a financial planning career. We're extremely, extremely happy. In, in full disclosure, Shelley is our financial planner, and she truly is one of the best that I have come across. So Shelley, talking to business owners, they, their number one mission is to make money, right? To make money, to become successful. And as you're doing that, you need to protect yourself. And the beauty about making money is you get to keep the money rather than pay it in taxes. And I know that one of your focus is on helping business owners themselves do some financial planning. So talk to us about what is that importance that business owners really need to start thinking about? There's actually probably two main areas that I grapple with with business owners. One, and I'm sure you can relate to this with the profession and background you have, is not necessarily keeping an eye on risk management. They have this passion. They want to start their business. They're so excited. They tend to be optimists. You know, optimists tend to not worry about the rainy day that can come along and the big storm that can knock them sideways. That's true. I never think about that. So one of the areas that I do a fair amount of consulting in with clients that are business owners is what are they doing on the risk management side you know, whether that's heirs and admission insurance and making sure they've really thought through that. You know, a lot of people buy these insurance policies and they don't know what is in them. <laughs> I love it when I ask, do you have cyber insurance coverage in case someone breaks in? in what's that? I don't exactly. know. I have all these pages. I don't know what they mean. So, <laughs> exactly. You know, that um, and, and just personal protection, how their business is structured. Do they have proper liability insurance? You know, I come across a quite a few real estate professionals that are in the real estate game. And you start talking about something like an umbrella policy, and and many of them are a bit lost with what that is and why that's important. So, you know, helping them really protect for that big storm that'll come along is an important part of our dialogues. Um, On the other side, it's often because they're so in love with their business and the business is this priority in their life that they're focusing on so strongly, they're forgetting to pay themselves first. And they're forgetting about the fact that even as a business owner, you may not have or run your business until you're 100 years old. And so essentially, you've got to pay yourself first, you've got to look at the bottom line, not just the top line. You know, a lot of business owners are so wired to grow revenue, because that's what we spend so much of our time doing that we forget about what really are we taking home and putting aside? And so there's a lot of consulting that goes into that area of making sure they're they're just doing something to get started with protecting themselves for the eventuality of needing to retire someday. Talk a little bit more about 
business owners actually paying themselves? Because I know for a fact that that's not how business owners think. They think that they've made some money, they have to pay the bills, they have to pay employees, and then maybe they'll take a dividend, if you will. But when you say they have to pay themselves, I mean, how should they do that? And, and how should they start thinking about that? I mean, the, the biggest win is, first of all, start early. Whether you're 30 and you're starting up your business or you're 50, you will have at least 30 to 40 years ahead of you. And just slicing out 400 bucks a month into some sort of account that can grow and compound over time is going to make your, your, your entire retirement possible. If you postpone that, what was once something that was $300 to $400 a month that you had to set aside will now become, you know, people that start in their 50s or 60s are looking at putting 10, 20 grand aside just to have the possibility of retiring someday. So, you know, when you think about that, you know, that's a lot of, of money that you could have just dedicated, automated into an account, not thought about, and by having time on your side, smart investing practices, you can put aside this nest egg that no matter what happens to your business, you're going to be protected. Um, You know, it's it's extremely important, extremely important that business owners really start thinking like that, what you just said, because you don't work for someone else. You don't have somebody else contributing towards your 401k, right? It's just all you. And you really do. You went in to business for one reason and one reason only to have a comfortable if not a stellar future as a business owner not just for you but you for your family as well and I was like one of those business owners where I just focused on making money I didn't have anything put away and then one day I had this huge wake-up call and I woke up literally saying oh my god I've got probably a couple of thousand dollars in my previous 401k which I don't even know where it was and I'm thinking I need to provide for my future I need to protect the future I I, I work really hard right I wake up at 3 3 30 because that's when my husband makes coffee <laughs> but you, you as self-employed business owners I mean, this is all you have and, and it is your passion. But the ultimate goal is to have it, have that secure future. So yes, yeah, start putting away money. And in fact, if you set up an account with Shelley, that amount will go automatically from your account into your um, you know, your uh, financial planning account, into your 401k. So Shelley, talk to us a little bit about the different types of um, accounts that are available for business owners. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to hit on. As it as it relates to business owners, there are there's a huge laundry list of retirement plan options out there. And the good news is there are a lot of great options for business owners. You know, as an individual practitioner doing a solo 401k, is a no-brainer. Always be mindful that the contributions each year don't have to be net cash flow from your business. It can be money that's coming out of another account. And the important thing is the IRS says in any given year, a solo 401k, if you're under 50, you can put 18500 in there a year. That's at um, current rates for 2018. 
And you can do an employer match on top of that. And so you can protect, you can really shelter a tremendous amount of your money. I'm not a tax expert, but I know that my tax guy loves it that we optimize these retirement tax shelters because you only get so much room each year to do that. And every year you don't, you're giving up on, you know, one of the few gifts that the IRS gives us as far as a tax shelter. Right. And I do really want to touch upon the solo 401k because you are never too small. Back me up, Shelley, if this is correct. As a business owner, you are never too small to actually start a solo 401k. That's right. I mean, the solo 401k is, the key is, is that you and maybe your spouse are the only employees in the business. And then you need to start looking at another alternative as you start to hire full-time employees. But the only cap that really the IRS enforces is that you can only put in as much as your total income for that year. So if you earn $10,000, you can actually dedicate $10,000 into that account. And that basically voids the income of that year in the eyes of the IRS. Exactly. And that grows. You know, it's not just that you put in $10,000 and 10 years down the road, uh, down the road, you're going to have what another just a $10,000. This actually grows. This is this is, you know, hard earned money that's working for you. Yeah. The geeky rule in our industry is the rule of 72. You want me to get geeky? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. We would love for you to get geeky. The mathematical geeky rule <laughs> is the rule of 72. And basically, you take the number 72, divide it by your rate of return, and that is the number of years that it takes to double your money. So easy math, let's say 72 divided by an 8% return means your money will double every nine years. So $10,000 put in now, nine years from now is 20K. Nine years from that is 40K. Nine years from that is 80K. And you can just really see how or think about how that compounding impact can make such a difference in your life um, and your financial security down the road. Fantastic. Touch upon uh, another couple of accounts that would be available for business owners. So the 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 important one really again business owners they probably think it's just them and they are too small to have any of these retirement accounts but we're here to tell you it's not again we're here because we're vested in your success the whole reason why we're doing a podcast is to help you become successful so start thinking about actually going to a financial planner and in my mind it would be Shelley uh, really sit down with Shelly and talk to her about you know what kind of money you can put away for it, again it's for your future and it doubles um, could double and so we have the 401k the solo 401k yeah. and what else do we have um the other very simple one is called a SEP IRA and this allows you to put aside 25% of your net profit in a year into a very simple IRA account the the one that I think is probably important to impress upon this group is if you are self-employed, you're not facing large incomes because of maybe your spouse working, what have you, your income is basically very low, then it might make more sense for you to worry about setting aside something right now and something more like a Roth IRA. So a Roth IRA tax shelter lets you put your money in now after tax. And as a business owner, if your income's quite low, that might suit you because you might not be worried about taxes this year. You know, if you're not earning a lot, you've got a lot of business expenses, your tax rate might be extremely low. So you're like, what's so exciting about? Well, the Roth IRA lets you put the money in now and then let that grow tax deferred over time. And as that builds over time, it comes out tax-free once you hit retirement. So it's another tax shelter that kind of has the opposite approach. There are income limits on doing the Roth IRA. So you've got to consult a tax attorney, uh, I'm sorry, a tax professional. 
Um, but it tends to be another great tool for people that actually have very low tax rates now and expect higher tax rates once they hit retirement. The other really important um, tool, I should say, is that you actually sit down with individuals, um, married couples, business owners, and you actually draft a financial plan for them. And when you did that for myself and my husband, it was so eye-opening. And just to see the progression as to where we were, where we're going, I, I'm a very goals-oriented person, right? You give me a goal and I, I thrive at it and I go towards the goal and I achieve it. But to actually see something on paper from you know now until maybe 10 years out or 20 years out, it, it truly is an eye-opening experience and you feel a lot secure. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying this, but you really do feel secure knowing that you have a future where you can live the lifestyle that you want. So when someone comes to see you, Shelley, you would um, sit down with them and create a financial plan? That's right. In fact, there are situations where you know, even young folks just, they don't even have anything to invest yet, but this is the main reason they're coming to see me is to get this financial plan done. And so what you do is you're basically asking the individual or the couple where they really want to go with their lives, you know, and you're starting to get deep into what are their core values? Are they expecting family? Are they going to be saving for college? What about what does retirement look like? You know, a lot of people buckle at the word retirement, but when I ask them the question, okay, when do you want to have work become optional? Then they're like, like tomorrow. (laughs) So, you know, as humans, we're not necessarily so wired to jump on this bandwagon of retirement in 20 or 30 years. But financial freedom and flexibility are core values for a lot of people. And so when you get people thinking like that, you know, people are interested, maybe not so much in leaving their jobs right away, or the work that they love, but really understanding when will I have the option and how can I see that and how early is it? And so the financial planning process gets you thinking about those longer term goals and harmonizes all the factors in your life from what you're spending to what you've already got saved to your income to your expenses, inflation, all these things, and then spits out and helps us understand what what is the likelihood of success with achieving these goals over the lifetime. You know, the other thing that's very valuable, and and you were quite brave to do this, is to sit with your your spouse or your partner and actually sort out where do we want to be in 20 years, right? Exactly. It's daunting. You don't you know, sit down over dinner and say, where are we headed here, honey? But doing a financial plan and then going back to that at least once a year to remember where what we said and where we were is incredibly powerful in getting you to kind of not only put the money in the direction of where you need to go, but kind of really make sure you're crafting that life and that financial picture um, and achieving those things in your life that you want to do over time. Because man, life goes by fast. It certainly does. It really does. And the, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, too, was the stock market. <laughs> we have been hitting some record highs. How do you feel about it? I am loving that the stock market hits new highs. It's a especially, critical part of my job security. Especially when you meet with your clients, right? Yeah. So, you know, what's been really fascinating is the psychology of our human population through the the debacle of 2008 and 2009, really the entire 2000 to 2010 decade was a bit of a lost decade for anyone that was just only invested in the US stock market, right? 
Um, there were a lot of ups and downs and challenges throughout that time period. And so here we are now in the next decade, and we've really seen an incredible progression since 2008. Um, we're on track to have the longest running bull market. As of July of this year, it'll become the longest bull market on wow. record. Um, from an investment return standpoint, it's still like third or fourth. And- third or fourth place. The 90s was actually more of a roaring rate of return mm-hmm. um, type of stock market. So the thing that's important for investors is, first of all, don't get carried away with this rate of return that we've had. It could continue. In fact, just because we're at all-time highs doesn't mean we're not going to be at all-time highs again a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we expect the market to give us all-time highs and do positive return at least roughly four out of every five years. We had a lot of bad years in the 2000s. We could continue to have a lot of good good years in this decade. We just don't know. So the important thing is to have a discipline, you know, map out what is the right type of allocation and what kind of investment category should you be in so that you are going to be able to have that money available to you when you need it. If you're retiring within two to three years, that that setup, that asset allocation or investment category setup, is those pieces look very different than someone that's got 30 years ahead of them. Um, and then to track and and actually stay disciplined about maintaining those categories based on the percentages. So let's say you know you're. Let's just keep it simple. You're in the asset classes of U.S. stocks, international stocks, and and bonds, and you're sixty percent in the stock side, forty percent in the bond side. If you said that five years ago, and now with these great years we've had, you're tipped strongly towards stocks. You actually need to sell out of those positions a little bit and balance back to bonds, not dramatically, um, but in a way where you're kind of maintaining those targets. You know, it's not a perfect target setting type of game that you're playing, but you do want to stay pretty close to those allocations over time. And then I always tell clients, you know, when you have money to invest, you should invest it and always be mindful of the long term. If if you've not got a long term because you're going to need that money to buy a house in two years, that's, that's different. You, you need to be more careful with that and not throw it into the markets. If you've got long time on your term on your side, you can bet that the market is going to be much higher 20 or 30 years from now. So don't get too caught up in the short term or the fact that we're at an all-time high. So as you listen to these shows, either on TV or the radio and their financial planning shows, they always mention that you must have an X amount of money set aside just in case, you know, emergency funds, right? Yeah. Somebody could get sick in the family. You have to take a leave of absence. Um, What would you recommend? So actually, Shelley, I'm going to ask you to share three tips with our audience Mm -hmm. as to what they need to start thinking about and maybe taking action on to make sure at least they've got the bare necessities covered. So tip number one. I mean, tip number one, the place to start is making sure you don't have credit card debt. You know, before we even jump into investing, you've got to make sure that you're not sitting with finance charges from your credit card companies that can amount to hundreds of dollars, maybe even thousands of dollars a year. You know, most credit cards are a loser's game, 15% interest or higher, and there's no way you're going to see 15% consistently that level of return in the stock market or, or most investments. So your first defensive move is get rid of your credit card debt. And that may even get you back to the very foundational 
piece of how much are you earning and how much are you spending, you know, really understanding that. Exactly. I know that seems like so straightforward that even an elementary student could understand that concept, but we seem to neglect and and really we think we're always going to be better with our earnings in the future. So we don't always worry about the spending side. You know, sometimes Shelley, business owners, they'll make quite a bit of money and then they'll look at their bank account and say, holy knickers, (laughs) where did the money go? Why don't I have anything to show for it? That's right. It's because of the expense. And there are tools today that can really help us. My favorites are Mint.com and Personal Capital for tracking your spending. They can also help your tax person when it comes that time of year because now you have all that information in one database. Uh, If all you do is pull off your year-end summaries from your credit cards at the end of the year and and total that up and look, that's, that's quite helpful. Um, Kelly, you asked about, you know, the progression, the top three steps, I'd say. So first of all, be very attentive to your debt, any debt, school loans, etc, where you're paying an interest rate of over 6%, let's say you really should be aggressive and in, in minimizing that debt and figuring that out first. The second thing is an emergency fund, your debt's gone. Now you can focus on an emergency fund. And the guideline is three to six months of your spending um, in an emergency fund for business owners that might be even more. I know when I made my transition and I went from having my corporate salary to no salary for a couple of years, I had put aside about two years of my spending to help me get through that transition. And, and thank goodness I did because the transition took actually a little longer than two years to become profitable. I had a little bit of a wrinkle, which many of us business owners do, and yes. what we were doing through that transition. And thank goodness I had that emergency fund, or I would have been pushed right back into working into a corporation. (laughs) My husband would have kicked me out the door to go back to the corporate environment. Um, So yeah, no debt, minimize that or be very careful about the debt, have that emergency fund of three to six months. If you're married and your spouse has great income, you might be able to get away with a lower type of cushion, but you definitely want to do that. And you don't want to have that in the stock market. Your emergency fund should be in cash equivalent type investments, a CD, money market account, um, probably money market account is the best type of account right now. FDIC backed paying, you know, not much, maybe one to one and a half percent interest, but it's there for you. Okay. Um, then thirdly is, is this retirement account thing we started talking about, you know, and that is again, because not only is that going to, you know, get you in the habit of putting a little bit aside every year. If you're working for an employer, that should be a 401k with a match. It's a no brainer. If you are, on your own in a business, there's a lot of great options we've talked about. And the idea there is not only are you starting to put aside a nest egg for your financial security, but you're also going to minimize your taxes. And that's really important as you're then going every April to meet with your tax your tax person is to make sure that you have been smart with starting those investments up, but also helping the tax bill a little bit. I think you have been extremely helpful, Shelley. I think the, the business owners are thanking themselves that they actually uh, listened to this particular episode. So if our audience wanted to get in contact with you, how would they do that? They can go to probably my website is the best place to start because everything they need, their best approach to contacting me would be there. So that's wealthspringfp.com as the website, wealthspringf as in Frank, p as in paul.com. And there they can find my my phone number and my email and I will 
reach back out to them with whichever way they they decide to go as far as approaching me. But there's a lot that they can learn about my business there as well. That's fantastic. And also, audience, uh, please do visit our show notes because Shelley's information is going to be right there, how you can get a hold of her. And please do feel free to leave us some feedback, some comments, and also tell us some of the topics that you would like for us to uh, bring to you. And it's been such a pleasure to bring these industry experts to you because the one thing that can really advance you in your life, in your business, in your career is gaining more knowledge. And I know that the easiest way to gain more knowledge is while you're driving, right? (laughs) You can be driving to work, you can be driving to a business meeting. And that's one thing that all successful people have in common. In fact, I am in the middle of writing my second book, Shelley. It's called Go Own Yourself. I'm very excited about that book. It will be published in June. And again, what one of the things that all of these successful uh, people have in common is that they utilize their time better. And this is a perfect time for you to utilize yours. You can actually directly go to your app stores and download Go Legal Yourself app. That way you'll have us on the go whenever you need to listen to us. And please remember, the only way you do become successful is if you make today the day you go legal yourself. I am Attorney Kelly Bagler, the queen of business law. It has been such a pleasure being your host. Until next time, cheers to your success.